AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Ruzbay Garami. Ruzbay is the Director of Data Science for Zaxis. Zaxis have a group called Copilot, which is an AI platform for optimization, real-time bidding for marketing campaigns. Ruzbay, welcome to the show. Hi, JP. Glad to be with you. Absolute pleasure. Ruse Bay, if you could start by giving us a brief overview of your, your background and your journey into your current role. In terms of my training, I am a trained physicist. I studied physics from undergrad all the way to the PhD program, which I finished at UCLA. I worked uh, on the field of condensed matter, which may be the, one of the largest fields of physics, including very exciting theoretical and experimental challenges. I worked on varied subjects, uh, including high temperature superconductors and cell membranes. Uh, so that shows how, the, how big the field is, how opportunities of work there exist. Essentially the concept or the biggest challenge in that field is how to deal with systems or complex systems, including very large number of essentially constituents, particles. Interestingly, those uh, skills become handy when you deal with big data systems or how to make sense of a huge um, data sets that describe very complex real world uh, phenomena. So after I finished my PhD, I spent uh, a few years in the fin- financial industry, in uh, investment banks and uh, hedge funds. And then in the past several years, I've been a data scientist in several tech companies. Um, The unifying threat has been my interest in using machine learning to address real-world challenges. Um, This this is a very interesting time to be in this field because there has been huge theoretical and academic advancements and there are a lot of interesting problems that one can solve. So that's been the journey. It's It's been a lot of ups and downs, but very exciting. You've now landed yourself in what is a, a very interesting uh, position at Zaxis. For those people listening who are not too familiar with, with the company, could you give us a bit of background of, of what the company does and, and, and possibly touch on some of the very interesting work you're involved in right now? Uh, absolutely. So Zaxis is in the area that we call programmatic advertising. So it's a pretty big company. We are present in around 47 countries. The revenues are more than a billion per year. We are under the umbrella of um, WPP, which is a global company, much wider, you know, reach in um, different aspects of um, uh, advertising industry. So what we do at Zaxis is interesting because many people don't know how let's say the media content that they consume online, how that is paid for. Um, essentially, there's a mechanism that we are involved in that al- allows media companies to make money out of the content that they generate. Um, that's essentially the online advertising that allows um, the right 
advertising message to be shown and you know to reach the right audiences so advertising has not had a particularly good reputation in the past um, you know 10 20 years at least it's important for us to remember this is an important industry because if it didn't exist a good portion of the economy would not be able to function particularly smaller businesses and it needs to work well or programmatic advertising needs to work well because this is the way that you know in the independent media uh, functions particularly in uh, let's say in the United States that's the case so in a very interesting technological problem when you go to let's say the website of a newspaper let's say New York Times it takes like let's say a second enter after you enter the address for the content to be shown there's a huge chain of events happening behind behind the scene in that one second before the content is loaded up on your machine and along the way a number of advertisers that might be interested in showing an ad to you at that particular time enter online real-time auction processes that would determine who would get to show their ad so if you're an advertiser you have billions of these opportunities every day and you have to decide who is a good viewer for your particular message and what is the right pricing strategy for you to uh, attend all those auctions so these auctions happen billions of times per day and an as an advertiser if you have some budget that you want to talk about your product you need to have a bidding strategy to essentially be able to maximize your outcome this outcome is part of what zaxis particularly uh, emphasizes in and we call ourselves an outcome media company because it's it's one thing to just show your advertising to some people and it's another thing to show that that has led to the right results and in a measurable verifiable way incredibly interesting yeah. stuff there so um you and i spoke uh previously where you were talking about some of the advancements and how you use uh, machine learning to, to optimize bidding strategies could you uh, elaborate on that and, and help us understand how you're using modern data science to 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 use this function definitely so as you can see the amount of data that exists in this field is huge because number of you know, media properties, number of people who view them, a number of times that these auctions happen are, are huge and data that is generated in the process is huge. As a result, there's really, you know, a lot of opportunities to learn, uh, learn from that data. So that would take us to the field of machine learning. So there are basic strategies that we can uh, essentially use uh, with simpler models, let's say logistic regression, there's a lot of challenges in how to make that work in um, imbalanced data settings and on real big, big data uh, settings. But on the other hand, there is a huge amount of uh, room for doing uh, very cutting edge uh, AI uh, using, using all this data. One field uh, that exists uh, and you know, one of the recent um, you know the advances in the in machine learning in the field of AI in deep learning one can you know use there's a lot of room to use that and there's a lot of room to you use uh, let's say reinforcement learning or deep reinforcement learning 
So uh, that's it's fascinating stuff. You were explaining to me in a previous conversation that uh, a lot of the challenges that you, you and your team face when um, trying to implement this cutting edge uh, AI with reinforcement learning. There's obviously been a lot of progress made recently. Can you um, talk about some of the, the challenges you and your team faced uh, applying the, the reinforcement learning in the real world applications? Uh, absolutely. So let me explain a little bit why reinforcement learning is a powerful tool in many types of real world problems. Essentially, reinforcement learning addresses the problem of uh, sequential decision making. So if you have some agent that is in contact with some environment and has to decide how to take certain actions in order to maximize certain outcomes that, you know, in the language of reinforcement learning called rewards. Um, that's, that's, that's what reinforcement learning tries to answer. Uh, the field has existed for a number of decades and has had advances along the way, but it essentially became a very hot field of research after it was combined with deep learning. Um, you might have heard about um, how uh, a reinforcement learning agent uh, trained by Google DeepMind beats uh, world champion in the game of Go, which, has, which was considered to be a very, very challenging game to, for computers to learn. If you remember, chess was solved essentially by computers and the world champion in chess was beaten. 20 years ago, Gary Kasparov was beaten by uh, IBM's Deep Blue. But Game of Go was considered much more complex the number of actions that we can take and every step is, you know, um, a lot more and that uh, adds up to a huge amount of complexity that traditional computer science could not address. Uh, what happened was that the uh, reinforcement learning methods were combined with deep learning and it allowed reinforcement learning to be applied to cases where you have a large number of actions at every step. And if you look at long-term horizons, all these different choices for ev actions at every step really adds up to a huge space of states that you have available to yourself. This has been applied, as you said, to real-world problems. And each application of this um, is very challenging. It's, it's a new field. It's a hot topic of research, both in an industry and academia. And it's um, good to be aware of what it does and what, what are the challenges is and what, does, what are the potentials. In, in our case, there are a lot of potentials because as I said, we generate bidding strategies for different advertisers. Uh, these bidding strategies have to interact with the real world online advertising market. Things change in that market and this strategy has to be able to adapt dynamically and real time and learn from what's happening in real time and change its behavior in real time. Um, that's the sequential decision-making problem that I was talking about. That's exactly the right setting or a very good candidate for application of deep reinforcement learning. Uh, the challenges are a lot. So for example, there's people talk about off-policy training versus on-policy training. On-policy training is when you have an agent that's dynamically interacting with the environment and learns at the same time. If you are us or if you are a self-driving car company, 
that is trying to train the car to drive, you can't do that because we cannot have a car drive on its own and learn from its mistakes because that's very costly. So that's a question of offline or off policy learning versus on policy learning. There has been a lot of focus on on policy learning, but a lot of companies or a lot of data exists in other fields that would make off policy training an important topic. And that's, that's, that's a challenge. The other problem is that uh, many um, problems, real world problems have state and action spaces that are very high dimensional. That makes the problem of training deep learning models that power reinforcement learning agents a little bit challenging. There are safety uh, issues. As I said, if you're training a reinfor uh, reinforcement learning agent to drive a car, how do you make sure that it wouldn't lead to undesirable outcomes? And that's the same for us. It's, it's a very interesting topic to think about, very interesting challenges, and at the same time, it's a very rewarding, rewarding field because you get to solve really complex problems that otherwise would not have uh, straightforward solutions. Absolutely. And I think for anyone working in data science, data engineering, uh, the possibilities that, that can lead from, from deep learning is, is endless and it, it, it fuels curiosity. So if, if you were speaking to uh, a class of you know, data, data scientists who are work, currently working in academia, what advice could you give those guys to uh, encourage their curiosity and help them uh, upskill that can lead them towards working in this field. Um, it's very difficult to get uh, commercial experience. Um, so a lot of times people are people need to do some extracurricular and personal work. So um, if any guidance you could offer on that would be very helpful. At this point, people who become data scientists have come from very different types of backgrounds. Um, it's very recent that people actually get degrees in data science. But in my view, if you really want to be successful in this field long-term, um, I don't see the green data science as a critical component of that. The, the critical skill sets are being good in math in general, being a good coder in general, and being curious and enjoy learning, um, which would mean you might have to learn something now, but you might have to learn something completely different tomorrow. And that's, that's an important part of being in this field. At Zaxis, we happen to have, we've had good experience with people with physics background. I have, I've, I have a physics background, I might have a bias, but that bias or that, that uh, good experience with physics background existed before I joined. Um, so physics, there's nothing special with physics except that you know, these skills happen to be part of the skill sets of a good physicist. You need to be good at math. Coding is very useful. You, you know, tend to learn it at physics programs. You have to be curious and generally you get to uh, be able to, you know, find solutions to problems that don't seem to even have a good definition. It's a real world problem. You don't even need, need you don't even know before you start thinking about it, how to describe it as a, as a solvable problem. So that's, that's a skill that many people learn and it's very useful in this field as well. These are the points that I would say people who want to get into the field have to be aware of. Of course, basics have to be learned as well on top of these skills. Some basic knowledge is needed. Maybe five years ago, you would not need to know machine learning at a satisfactory level in order to get a job in industry. But these days, you know, the standards have, have changed. Um, a good knowledge of 
the basics of machine learning is definitely needed. But as I said, that's definitely not uh, sufficient for long-term success. I understand. And that's some really uh, useful guidance uh, for people who are listening. As the, the industry changes, it's important for people to be aware of, of what uh, skill sets they're going to need going forward. And a lot of it is on, on the soft skill and ability to be able to work within teams and problem solving. Looking at your, your, your data science team now and, and the projects that are you're currently involved in and what's coming down the line, what are the main challenges that you see over the next three to five years that you're going to have to overcome in order to, to keep up with, with the direction of this industry? Our strategy has been to sort of put in place a culture of innovation in data science team here. By that, I mean we definitely encourage cutting-edge innovative work that is at the same time impactful. It's very important for us because a lot of problems, as I said, uh, don't have easy, you know, clear solutions approaches at the beginning. The solution has to come from a process that involves some research, some essentially experimentation, and be able to fail and restart. Um, that's a process that is a skill to be able to, to, to do well. My goal has been to make that part of the culture of the team and make it a group that really thrives um, in, in innovation. Um, that we, we, we initiate very innovative products um, or ideas for products that we then collaborate with engineering and product teams to, to, to implement. And we also, the uh, promise of being able to do really cutting edge cool machine learning and AI is something that is very attractive for candidates that we want to uh, attract. But nonetheless, any, any industry that has data has to know how to use that data to gain insights and you know, solutions. Uh, look, you, you've touched on some, some very important points that, uh, that I try to emphasize when I'm speaking to uh, candidates looking to find their way in this field. Uh, the opportunity to work with high volume, fast paced, real time data with cutting edge technology is exactly where people um, strive to be because that's where you're going to have the most fulfilling projects, the most challenging work, and it's where you're going to advance your own skill set. and. You know, Zaxis is a perfect example of, of all of that combined. Um, and I know from speaking to yourself, from speaking to uh, Adam, who's your your engineering head, um, the, the work you guys are doing is, is incredibly fulfilling, really challenging. But you've managed to create a, a team and a culture that that um, supports innovation, which is which is unique. Ruse Bay, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Um, I've certainly learned a lot from this. Um, Zaxic sounds like an amazing place. We're doing some really cool stuff. And um, yeah, I hope that the advice that you've given on this uh, interview will, will help some people along the way. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, JP. AI Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. 
Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldis.com. Aldis International, empowering through AI.